Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome. Welcome to Warriors Wrap Up. Wrap up. And Curry takes another three. It's up and good! He's got 62! On 95-7, the game. Pass to Wiseman off the pick and he flies in for a dunk. Jam! Oh, by Oubre! He caught it right at the restricted area and slammed it home with a left hand. Here's John Dickinson. Ryan Covey. Curry lobs it into Wiggins, gets it back. Straightens with Capazzo on his left hip, takes the three, goes up, got foul, it's good! He's got a chance for a four-point play! Well, you know Curry wanted that one. You know he wanted that one. Curry getting the serenade of MVP here at Chase Center. That's right, Curry getting the MVP chant after kind of a janky start to this one for Steph. He finishes strong, 32 points. Fans back in Chase Center. Kelly Oubre and Jordan Poole with big games off the bench. And the Warriors get a win for the second consecutive home game uh, against the Denver Nuggets to improve to 30 and 30. 888 uh, Covey, this is a this is a big time win. The defense was there from the start. They did a nice job on on Nikola Jokic, and and while Curry was trying to figure out what was going on with his foot or his shoe or his brace or or whatever the heck was going on in that first quarter, the rest of this squad held things down and and helped the Warriors earn a big dub. Yeah, no question. Thirty and thirty, and God, you just think where they might be had they won a couple more games down the stretch. Uh, I mean, they could literally be in the hunt for the six seed right now. It doesn't matter. They're thirty and thirty. A uh, couple things tonight that stood out to me, JD: Juan Toscano-Anderson plus twenty-nine in twenty-six minutes. Also, you know, eight rebounds, four of seven shooting, terrific. Kelly Oubre, no problem coming off the bench, twenty-three points plus nineteen in thirty-three minutes. Uh, Draymond Green, career high, nineteen assists, dubs. 45 buckets, 40 assists as a team. Love that. And we talked uh, with, with Jim Barnett earlier. One of the things we were concerned about, Nuggets, the solid rebounding outfit that they are, fourth best rebounding team in the NBA. They're the third best offensive rebounding team. Meanwhile, the Dubs, the worst offensive rebounding team in the NBA, second worst rebounding team overall. Dubs get the advantage on the glass, 52-36. to 36. And I had to go back and look this up. Nikola Jokic started 5 of 5 on this basketball game tonight. He hit just two of his last 11 shots and was a minus 18 tonight, below a season averages in points, rebounds, and assists. Warriors did a hell of a job. A lot of that credit goes to Draymond Green and, of course, Kevon Looney. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, Jokic ends up struggling tonight. The the Warriors. You know, one thing we've learned over the last couple of weeks. You know, maybe the Wizards are a rough matchup for the Warriors, but the Nuggets, at least this current iteration of the Nuggets, uh, the Warriors are a tough matchup for them. They they made life awfully difficult uh, over the course of, of these two games played inside Chase Center uh, on the Denver Nuggets, who uh, dipped to 38-21. and 21. And, and just a, a nice team effort by a, a shorthanded squad tonight. Draymond Green, you mentioned the defense. I'll mention the career-high tying 19 assists in the ball game it, the ball was zipping around 40 for the Warriors in this one uh, tonight uh, as he ties the career high uh, another double double for Draymond one of those games where, where two points but he's got 19 assists uh, and he's got 12 rebounds and the defensive imprint was there as well and uh, it just a just a nice win. I mean, the MVP chance, the fans back inside Chase Center, uh, everything felt like it was just coming together for the Warriors. And I'm with you 100. percent You know, this team now 30 and 30, and you can't help but uh, look on a night where uh, the Blazers lose at home and actually fall out of the six seed. The Mavs passed them tonight because the Blazers got beat by the Grizzlies up in Portland. Uh, the Warriors sitting three games back at Dallas with all those games that they let slip away. Uh, we could be having a, a, a maybe a little bit of a different conversation, but still 12 games to go. And uh, I'm going to make a bold proclamation here, Covey. Uh Ooh. Are you ready? I, I got Lay a bold me, statement you, right out of the gate. And then I'm going to. Yeah, you texted yeah. me and you teased me. So deliver on this, J.D. And this is not going to be my apology to Steve Kerr for, for, for saying I wasn't really feeling Kelly Oubre still coming off the bench with Michael Mulder starting and Kent Bazemore out. That That is coming, however, uh, at some okay. point here between now and I thought and we might get that. I thought we, we might we're going to get that. The, okay. the bold proclamation, this should be and will be the final time that the Warriors are below 500 on the season today. They they should not be below 500. I'll say it this way. The Warriors should not be below 500 again at any point this season. If you look at them 30 and 30 right now, uh, and you know Sacramento in here on Sunday, De'Aaron Fox, I don't know if you saw, went into the health yeah, and safety protocols. Yep. So he's going to be out for the next couple of weeks. Uh, and then re regardless, Dallas, then you go to Minnesota, you're playing Houston, the Pelicans. The schedule's about to get much more favorable. This is the last time the Warriors uh, are, are going to be below 500, uh, where they were with a tick uh, remaining on the clock before they evened that record. All right. I'll, uh, I'll see your bold prediction. You know, I like to get on the felt and play a little poker, J.D. I'll see your bold prediction, and I'll raise you a bold prediction over the next seven games, provided Steph plays all seven now, the Golden State Warriors will go 6-1. and one. That's my prediction. And they'll be 36-31 and 31 when they come home to face Utah on Monday, May 10th. Wow. That's my prediction. There you go. Wow. Lock and, it up. And, and look, Lock it up. Sterling. And you know what? I, I, I don't want to be wishy-washy here. And you're right. Steph is a key to all of this. Uh, there's no doubt. If, if Steph has something going on with his foot or his shoe or his brace or whatever, and it's and, and he's he's got to get that thing. He needs a new tape job uh, that maybe costs him uh, a game. Then maybe we're having a whole different conversation. But I'm, I'm, I'm th this will be the last. The Warriors will not be below 500 again this season. I keep messing up how I want to say it. I need to say it boldly. Damn it. Get up on the table and say it. The Warriors will not be 
below 500 at any point again this season. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. It is Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, J.D. and Covey with you until 11 o'clock here tonight as the Warriors get the win, 118-97. to uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. and Jordan Poole, uh, excellent in this ballgame tonight off the bench on a night where the Warriors uh, thin bench, basically a three-man bench uh, with Poole, Oubre Jr., and Juan Toscano-Anderson. Uh, and you look at Oubre and Poole combining for 38 points, uh, 47 points if you add in the nine from, from Juan Toscano-Anderson. But I like Poole and Oubre together as a duo coming off the bench a lot more than I like maybe one or the other individually with some other pieces around him coming off the bench. I have to wonder if maybe part of the reason why Steve Kerr has kept this thing rolling is maybe an attempt to convince Kelly Oubre Jr. that, hey, this could be a role and 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 an area where you could flourish maybe moving forward and get paid and be part of a, a winning environment because I know I've been maybe not not quite as all in on Jordan Poole, want to see it for the rest of the year, probably going to want to see it a little bit into next year. But if he's going to play at the level that he has, has played at and Kelly Oubre Jr. can play at this level and would be willing to come off the bench, I think that has the makings of a solid foundation and the kind of a bench that can get a team into the top half maybe of the Western Conference if – the headliners are also healthy for this Warriors team next year. Yeah, and that's that's the caveat, JD, because you know you and I were talking on the show earlier this week, and I you know I maintain look, you we know what the starting five on paper is going to look like next year: Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, Wiseman. Okay, and then all right, so who's going to be on the bench? Well, like you said, if you could convince Kelly Oubre and getting him acclimated to that role now, uh, not the worst thing ever. Obviously, you brought him here to be Clay Thompson's replacement, but look, Clay's coming back next year, and you know might as well get into that role now and and really in a time where he can help the team but you know regardless you got that starting five next year and if you look with that bench with Ubre with Poole maybe get Eric Paschal back at some point here in the near future want Toscano Anderson uh you know he can be my 10th guy in my rotation you're still gonna need to add a couple of pieces I don't think there's any doubt um I need a little more front court scoring for this team Uh, you know a little more depth at the center spot obviously with Marquise Chris not coming back next year we'll put Kevon Looney in that conversation conversation we'll see what his future looks like with this team if Wiseman's going to be the starter but if this team win healthy if everybody that they have at their disposal right now plus Wiseman and Clay Thompson okay it's maybe not the number one seed in the Western Conference but certainly can play with any basketball team out there and with Steph playing at the level that he is Draymond playing the two-way game he is at that point Wiggins is like your fourth primary piece like and then Kelly Oubre coming off the bench with Jordan Poole being able to mix it up and give you some scoring. I'm sorry. that To me, that's a really, really good basketball team. Is it a championship team? Well, we'll have to go out there and see. And you'd have to stay healthy for a whole year for us to ascertain if it's a championship basketball team. But I know one thing. It's a competitor and, dare I say, a contender in the Western Conference. I do believe that. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. It's Warriors Wrap-Up with J.D. and Covey here on 95.7 The Game. Let's get to the phones, uh, and we'll start tonight with Bobby in Oakland. Bobby, you're up first here on Warriors Wrap-Up with J.D. and Covey. What's up, Bobby? 
All right. Thanks for having me on, man. Great game tonight. Um, really enjoyed it, especially with the fans being back. And uh, I'd like to comment what you just mentioned about Ubre. Hey, I was thinking the same thing. He's like he, he's buying in. Um, the last couple of games, he's been really playing well. And uh, I'm hoping, he, just like you said, that he could kind of see the vision here next year, come back and add a couple free agents, and we should be good. And the other thing I was looking at, the standings, we're not too far from the sixth spot with Dallas. So if we can keep rolling here, to get that sixth spot, step gets the MVP. I'm like what I'm seeing here. Yeah, appreciate the call. A couple of things. We'll we'll start with with the last part as far as the sixth seed. The Warriors are only three games out. Now, three games is actually kind of a lot with with 12 games to go. And uh, you know, you look you look at it right now. But the game on Tuesday uh, in here, and you don't want to overlook Sacramento. Uh, although they are going to be without De'Aaron Fox in that game now because he's gone into the health and safety protocols, which 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 makes that a game that should be a layup. Probably should be a layup anyway, but it's especially a layup if he's not going to be able to play. You don't want to look ahead. you got to get that one. But the game on Tuesday night is going to be massive for, for the Warriors because not only is it an opportunity for the Dubs to gain a game on Dallas and pull, you know, pull even closer – but it's for the tiebreaker. You know, each team in the West is playing each other team in the West three times this season. The Warriors and Mavs have split. If the Warriors win that game, all they would have to do is tie Dallas to move ahead of Dallas in the standings at the end of, of 72 games. So uh, three is kind of a lot still. But as you pointed out with the, the Warriors schedule, they've got the ability to maybe go on a run. And if they do something like win six of the next seven, then their record basically is going to be right there with the Mavs, assuming the Mavs don't equal that. So it, it's, it, it feels like it's still a little bit of a tall ask, but if they can get that game on Tuesday, they're going to have to get that game on Tuesday. If they get that game on Tuesday, then they absolutely would still have a shot. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt, J.D., and, and it's just funny how it all works out because you're right, 13 games left, that's that's not a lot of time to turn this thing around a deficit or even 12, you know, at this point. Uh, not a lot of time to turn around a, a three-game deficit, but you got that rubber match coming up with Dallas, and it's just, here we go. I mean, the Warriors, you know, have managed to stick within this pole of 500, and what that's done is it's given them action here with this run late in the year where, you know, teams in the West, there's a lot of attrition, there's a lot of cannibalization going on. These teams play each other I mean Memphis you know Memphis and Portland well you knew if the Warriors won they were going to gain ground on one of those teams tonight right and, and ultimately it ended up being Portland I think you would have preferred Memphis but either way Portland gets a little closer to the pack now all the Warriors need to do is handle their business JD and particularly you know the, the big game coming up you, you can't overlook the Kings but that should be a dub that that game against Dallas uh, a couple of nights from now is going to be massively important. Uh, but by and large, with OKC, you got three games with the Pels down the stretch. Like there are a ton of gettable games out here. So handle your biz. Let the chips fall where they may. If the Golden State Warriors can get to that 40-win plateau. I know that's a big ask, but if they can somehow get there with the big run down the stretch here, obviously that would require 10-2 and two in their last 12. 39 would be tight. 40, you might be, you might have action at that sixth seed with 40 wins uh, when it's all said and done. That might be what it would take, though, to be perfectly honest, obviously depending on how some of these other teams do. But regardless, you could win. You could potentially, the way they're playing right now, I could see them winning 10 of their last 12, but they just got to keep this rolling and not have any of those, oops, we forgot to show up games along the way. 
Yeah, that, that, that's the key to it uh, at this point. And, and tonight goes a long way because tonight was one of the games against one of the better teams in, in the NBA and the Western Conference in particular that, that they still have on the schedule. I mean, really, when you look at it, it's a lot of games that are teams that are either of the Warriors' ilk right now or uh, or beneath them in, in the standings. And then there's a handful of games when you look at it you know, moving forward uh, where you're playing some of the better teams. And, you know, the Jazz and Suns are going to come in here to Chase Center on a back-to-back uh, in a couple of weeks in that final week of the season uh, on consecutive nights. You had the game tonight. Uh, essentially, and then you look at you know maybe the, the the game against Dallas is is the the next toughest between now uh, possibly and and the end of the of the season. Uh, so you know you get tonight, all of a sudden the rest of it starts to look a lot more plausible because tonight would have been one of maybe the three or the four games that you would have thought, uh oh, that that could maybe potentially be a problem. I'll lay another one out for you here. Uh, sure. Dallas plays at home against the Lakers tomorrow. They actually play in Sacramento on Monday before they play the Warriors. Uh, so it'll be the second of a back-to-back. So they got to go win that game, obviously, as the Warriors have to win their game against Sacramento. So both teams are actually playing Sacramento before they play each other. The Mavs play the Lakers tomorrow, so we'll see what's going on there. The Lakers are getting healthier uh, of late. And then Portland and Memphis actually play again on Sunday afternoon in Portland. So they're, they're playing. I know Memphis has a ton of the back-to-backs against the same team between now and the end of the year because they had a lot of makeup games because they basically missed a week due to COVID. So Portland and Memphis are playing again. So you got another opportunity Sunday to gain on somebody, either Portland or Memphis, if you hold serve and beat Sacramento. Three words, J.D., handle your business. Uh, and, you know, there's no sense in, in lamenting the Warriors, you know, maybe kicking away some games uh, with some, you know, some some late game lack of execution down the stretch. It is what it is. What do good teams do? They learn, right? They go through those experiences and it, it hardens them and, and, they, and they learn how to close out basketball games. And I think we've seen down the stretch. I, I know Boston wasn't the result that they wanted, but, you know, that road trip, like I, I think that was, you know, they beat some top quality opposition out there on the road uh, and then coming back home tonight against a team like Denver. Obviously, Denver losing Will Barton. I mean, you know, they're already short Jamal Murray. Uh, you know, their other backup uh, guard wasn't playing tonight, Monty Morris, either. So, uh, you know, they were already a little bit shorthanded. Warriors caught a break there. But, look, Warriors ain't throwing no pity parties for anybody around injuries, for God's sakes. I mean, this team's dealt with enough of them this year. It's part of the deal. Everybody knows that. So, Take the breaks as they come and handle your business and, and just let the chips fall where they may. Because, you know, regardless, if you can get to 39, 40 wins, every every notch you move up, J.D., okay, even if the sixth seed is a pipe dream, and I know there might be some people out there rolling your eyes going, come on, guys, like you're, you're talking about a team that's 500. Okay, fair enough, but they're 7-3 and three in their last 10. And every every notch that you move up from 10 to 9 to 8 to 7, it all has its advantages, right? I mean, from 10 to 9, all of a sudden, you're hosting that first playing game as opposed to playing it on the road. Warriors, 18 and 10 at home. I'll take that. Oh, wait, now you moved up to 8? Cool. Now you can actually lose a game and then still have action at that second game. And then, obviously, you know, you, you get up to that 7 spot, you're hosting that playing game. You're hosting both playing games, really, if you lose the first one. So uh, every spot has its advantages. So the Warriors just want to keep on climbing, baby. Keep on climbing. Yeah, keep on climbing indeed, and uh, they, again, it's worth noting, 
the Warriors have the tiebreaker on the Spurs if it comes down to that. They don't have it against Portland, uh, but they do control it against Memphis and against Dallas because there is a third uh, and final game head-to-head, which will determine it. So if you win if you win that game against Dallas on Tuesday, you'd have it against the Mavs. If you win the final game of the season on May the 16th inside Chase Center, you would have it against the Grizzlies. So at that point, uh, the only team the Warriors wouldn't have it against uh, among this group would be Portland because the Warriors uh, ended up losing that lead. One of those games that got away, Covey, uh, back right before the all- All-Star break uh, in Portland when the Warriors had the lead there, and then Damian Lillard kind of went off uh, late in that one and, and carried the Blazers uh, to victory. But, no, at this point, three back with a head-to-head game coming. Uh, it, it, it very much still it, – it's a tall ask, but it's not impossible – with the schedule that the Warriors still have uh, in front of them because they have the potential, if they stay healthy, uh, relatively speaking, to get pretty hot. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. I want to go back to the conversation about Kelly Oubre really more than Jordan Poole because Jordan Poole is going to be on the Golden State Warriors next year. It's just a matter of is he going to have – Uh, as big a role as he's had really since the All-Star break uh, next year. And I think his play uh, of late and his play for the most part in the second half would dictate that the Warriors are are probably going to be pretty comfortable uh, extending him and affording him a a role in next year's rotation. Uh, But as far as Oubre goes, because I I was a little reluctant in the the pregame, and I said, hey, you know, it's one thing if Bazemore – is starting and Ubre was injured and you're playing well with Bazemore and Ubre's coming off the bench, a guy that, you know, has kind of given the impression he's not really cool necessarily coming off the bench or thinks he has maybe more to offer in the future than coming off the bench. You're going to roll with it if you're Ubre because you were out of the lineup. But when the dude that was in front of you in the rotation because you were out goes out, if I'm Kelly Ubre, I'm thinking, hey, I want to get back in there. Now, Steve Kerr chose to go in a different direction. And he wanted, he liked what he had seen from Uber off the bench. It sounds like from watching the postgame press conference, it was more about wanting to keep Ubre in a role where he had been successful and the team had been successful than anything, you know, Baysmore or Mulder specific. Although it worked out brilliantly for Steve Kerr because uh, Michael Mulder was excellent uh, in, in his starting role in the ball game tonight 14 points, 6 of 10 shooting. But I want to go back to Ubre because for me, it's about. It's about the role fits, but I wonder if Steve Kerr is trying to convince Kelly Oubre, hey, be open-minded about this thing, man. Like, I'm, I'm going to put you in this spot because it's the best thing for us now, but I also, you may hate it and decide this is going to be the reason you're not coming back under any circumstances, but I at least want you to see if you hate it as much as you think you're going to hate it, if that makes sense. So for sure. that... I, I give Steve Kerr some credit doing doing what he feels is best for this team now, but also maybe trying to to warm Kelly Oubre up to the fact that that you can get paid and be a key cog and make an impact and contribute to winning at the same time. Yeah, look, I can remember going shopping with my mom, going back to school shopping, and she'd say, hey, you should try this on. And I'm like, no, I don't want to try that on. I'm not going to like that. She's like, try it on, Ryan. I'm like, all right, I'll try it on. Throw it on. Ooh, I like that. That fits good. Just try it on. See how it fits, baby. Try it on, Kelly Oubre. Why not, right? I mean, you can always return it. You don't have to stick around with this team next year if you're so inclined. But here's the thing. 
I, I think him and Steve Kerr had a conversation about it. Not, you know, hopefully it wasn't a tough sell. At the end of the day, this is a team sport, and Steve Kerr is a coach that's got three rings as a coach and five trips to the finals. So hopefully Kelly Oubre is able to, you know, if there was an ego about this, and I know he, you know, he spoke on it uh, around the deadline. So obviously it's something he thinks he's a starter in this league. But look, he's also been a, a guy coming off the bench in this league too. He knows what that role is all about as well. So it's not like it's unfamiliar to him. And if you're Steve Kerr, I think you could just show him the analytics. Like, look, Kelly, our bench has really struggled this year. And when we've been good and we've won, it's when we've gotten contributions from the bench. And it does give that second unit a bit of a different look. It gives the Warriors a little bit of attitude with that bench. And I, you know, I, I hope it wasn't as tough of a sell, right? And and it sounds like they had the conversation and and Kelly Oubre was on board. At the end of the day, though, you know, Steve Kerr's got to do what he's got to do for this team to win games. And with Kelly Oubre in the starting lineup, Golden State Warriors were on the wrong side of 500. So I don't, you know, and I'm not putting that all on Kelly Oubre, but at some point, you maybe want to try a little something different. And if something different is working for a while, and, and look, you know, Kent Bazemore in the starting lineup, okay, fine, he's a veteran. Kent Bazemore wasn't playing great. He was playing all right. He had some good games, some bad games. Kind of the same year Kent Bazemore's had. We've seen the real lift in Kelly Oubre's game since he's been coming off the bench, albeit a small sample size. But it's just it's an easier sell, I think, uh, you know, when, when you have success early on. So hopefully Oubre's amenable to that. And, hey, and if the runoff from that, J.D., is – by the way, let's get a little look-see at what this looks like for you maybe doing this role next year. By all means, I've been on, I, I guess Steve Kerr would deserve some credit for that. I think right now he's just trying to win some damn basketball games, and he feels like Ubre coming off the bench gives him the best chance to do that. So good on him. Let's sneak in Brian and San Leandro here. Brian, you're up next on the Warriors wrap-up. What's up, Brian? You're on 95.7 The Game. Yeah. Hey, Brian, you there? Basically... You know, you're talking about Oubre, and you got me sidetracked because I'm really thinking that Oubre had a great game. Like, I'm so impressed with that guy. I I was more talking about Stephon Curry and uh, just how he came out and was totally flat, got hurt, and then just comes out and scores 32 points. This guy literally, to me, is the best athlete that's ever came out of the, or not out of the Bay Area. I'm sorry, that was wrong. But he's like the best Bay Area athlete ever. Like, prove me wrong. Jerry Rice, Joe Montana, Bo Jackson, do what you got to do. I swear to God, this kid is the best. In the world. And, uh, you know, you got me sidetracked. Thanks. For hey, thanks, Brian, man. Appreciate it. Be safe out there, my man. Appreciate it. Sounds like Brian's having a good time tonight. Uh, and we're all about that on a Friday night here no after doubt. a big Warriors win. 888-957-9570. We'll, we'll react to that call coming back here. We'll also maybe hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr. We'll definitely hear from Stephen Curry as uh, he joined uh, the post game. Uh, on ESPN on that side. It was a nationally televised game. So we'll get some thoughts from Steph. It's all straight ahead here. Warriors wrap up on 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast Harrison guarding it Curry left to the logo here comes the double team Jamichael Green ball goes over to JTA hands it back to Curry Curry over the shoulder JTA finds pool he's open launches at the buzzer got it Three ball to end the quarter. Pool does a little shimmy. Now, back to Warriors Wrap Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, nice night for Jordan Poole. 15 points, a 5-12 shooting. Warriors get the win over the Nuggets, 118-97. to as the Warriors wound up pushing their lead all the way up to 24, and they go on to win this thing by 21. So the Warriors now uh, win the season series against Denver, taking two out of three, both games at Chase Center uh, consecutively with 11 days in between uh, and that five-game road trip that the Warriors were on. So 30-30 and 30 for the Dubs with 12 games to go. The homestand continues on Sunday with the Sacramento Kings in San Francisco to take on the Warriors MVP chance tonight uh, among the 1,935 that were in attendance uh, for this one. That was cool to hear, man. And, you know, I, I think the Warriors did have some juice from the limited amount of fans allowed inside Chase Center tonight. Uh, and I, I think it I think it helped, and it was the perfect night for it coming off of that that road trip. I know Jim Barnett, we had him on the pregame. He says, I don't buy into that that first game back uh, off a road trip. Uh, team is in a funk. The Warriors were in a little bit of a funk, and Steph Curry was trying to find himself. But I, I, I think the energy helped, uh, helped the Warriors get off to a, a, a more even start and get their bearings tonight. 
Yeah, no question. And, uh, you know, Michael Mulder knocking down a couple early, get his confidence up, kind of validate Steve Kerr's selection of putting him in the starting lineup. Oubre comes in, contributes. And, yeah, Steph Curry, when he checked back in in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter, excuse me, for his final shift, he had 19 points. So he scored 13 over that final stretch of the game. Uh, how, how pissed was Steph, too, on that no foul call? He got teed up. Like, literally, that might be as mad as I've ever seen Steph. But, He's got a it's it's insane that he's got a lobby for calls like that in his own freaking house. It, that stuff just bothers me to no end. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the, the crowd did give him a lift first time in 409 days. Uh, it was great to see. I know I'm looking forward to getting back out there, J.D., and seeing this basketball team up close and personal. So uh, absolutely it gave him a lift. And, you know, whatever it was, just short of two G's, hey, Dub Nation can make that feel like closer to 20. And you heard that MVP chant. And I know we were talking on the pregame, Jay, about, you know, if, if Jokic is the front runner, these head-to-head matchups, national audience, Friday night, if, if tonight was – kind of a flash poll about where they're at well I think it was advantage Steph Curry right I mean Jokic had a rough night across the board and Steph you know found his game and delivered when it mattered most down the stretch and clearly his guys were playing for him so I think this this goes in another uh check mark uh check box for uh for Steph Curry tonight in that MVP conversation yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the head-to-head uh, wins against uh, two of them now against Jokic, who are among the you know, headliners, and a, another one this week against Joel Embiid in, in games where, where he's just been talking about Steph exceptional. Uh, and the Warriors now, you know, they, they've won six of the last eight. They're, they're really rolling. They're, they're making things happen, and, and he's playing at a very high level. And I do think it, you know, Steph, it was Steph the closer tonight as he was trying to find himself early. But uh, it, you know, being able to be the best player on the floor against other players that are, that are in that MVP conversation, uh, it, it doesn't hurt uh, as far as making a case. And, look, I still maintain, and we'll hear from Steph coming up momentarily about the crowd being back uh, inside Chase Center tonight for the first time since last March the 10th. But as far as as far as Steph and and the statement made, I mean, I still think this team, if they can get if they can get to six and he keeps playing at a high level and they wind up with 40 wins on the season, which is on the table, like how could he not be in the top five at that point when you just look at the entirety of the season? I get it. It's still a lot of ifs and buts uh, at this point because the Warriors have to go do it and he has to go finish strong and play these final 12 games at a high level. Uh, but I, I, I feel like that shouldn't be off the table as much as maybe uh, in all it, you know in all reality it, it, it probably is. No, I think that's fair. Uh, if nothing else, though, uh, I think Steph has an opportunity to win another scoring title, which would be nice. That's that's a nice feather in the cap, a nice little check box, you know, another another box for the resume. So either way, he can still certainly win that. He's obviously you know leading that. Him and Beal probably go down to the uh, to the end of the year. Um, but if he's playing the way that he's been lately, uh, you know, he's he's certainly in line for that. And yeah, if this team ends up with forty wins and is a six seed, it might be kind of hard to deny him, especially if you know like the Sixers they've fallen out of the top spot in the East. Uh, you know, I know the Nets beat the Celtics tonight, so they. They've moved up into that spot. You know, clearly the even though the uh, the Nuggets have been winning still, I think the loss of Murray and, you know, if Barton's hamstring injury is anything serious and it didn't look good. I mean, he didn't come back tonight. He certainly looks like he's going to miss at least a little bit of time. Looks like that'll probably catch up to them, you would think. Um, I know Jokic has been great, but point is maybe the field, not only is Steph 
ascending at the right time, but I almost feel like a lot of the field is coming back to him as well. Now, I think your point's well taken, as we were talking about earlier in the week. For a lot of these people, it's, you know, they've already kind of made up their mind in their head who some of the MVP candidates are, and, you know, it's hard to announce yourself into this race early in the year, but I'm a big believer in, like, you know, think about in the NFL, like Derrick Henry, the Decembers that he's had the last few years. It's like, to me, talk to me after 17 games, you know, week 17 in the NFL or 17 games as it will be this year. Like, Talk to me after 72 NBA games. Miss me with the, hey, let's hand out the NBA MVP at the All-Star break. Like, for what? Like, this, we still, stretch drive anybody? Like, does that not matter? And to me, those games should matter more. They're obviously, you know, of much more prominence where guys are more locked in. You're getting everybody's best two-way game. So to succeed in this time of year, you know, to survive the attrition that is a season, I think you get more points for that. That's just me. But hopefully, you know, regardless, if Steph even cracks that top five, top three dare I say that means the Warriors are in a very prominent playoff position at that point yeah top five for me is where it's at and and again that the, the comps are not so much the Jokic or, or the Embiid's uh, you know those players but it's it's if you wind up ahead of Lillard or, or even with Lillard in the standings or you wind up ahead of Luka or even with them in the standings and Steph keeps playing at that level at that point to me you know, okay, you want to have a conversation about Giannis maybe being three, but then, but then among Steph, he's right there, you know, with with the Lillards and the and the Lucas and and and, and those players, and and you start to get into that four or five conversation. I think that's where Steph would be. Again, I I get it, I I understand. I mean, if I think a lot of people are looking at the Warriors because they're probably not paying attention as we are to the schedule that the Warriors have in front of them, and they're just assuming. Hey, the war. Hey, Steph's been awesome, but the Warriors are thirty and thirty, so they're gonna wind up thirty six and thirty six, and thirty six right. and thirty six doesn't cut the mustard, so it can't be Steph. When in reality, we may be looking back in in three weeks and in two days here and go, oh my God, the Warriors actually. Warriors actually were a better team than Portland this year. The Warriors were actually a better team than Dallas this year, and a big part of that reason is the MVP caliber performances of Stephen Curry for holding this group up. Yeah, one hand washing the other there, no question. And, uh, you know, clearly his health is going to go a long way towards determining, uh, you know, how far this basketball team can push it. And you know what? I, I just want to say quickly, you know, I know I've been, I've been hard on Draymond, um, but I'll say this. We're clearly in the stretch drive right now. Draymond's effort can't be denied. Draymond is playing his ass off right now, uh, and, and I'll, I'll just give him all the props in the world. And that's the thing. Like, I've always known that Draymond could play at this level. My point of contention has always been, well, where is that consistency? I feel like there, you know, he'd made some business decisions to take some nights off. And as I mentioned, maybe that's by necessity these days uh, because of, you know, the toll that all the basketball is taking on his body, et cetera. But regardless, whatever the reasons are, now these games really matter. Uh, Steph's terrific play is in lockstep with, with Draymond contributing, getting him the ball, those two guys working their pick and roll and, and the game, the two-man game that they play together. So um, Steph, you know, Steph gets the accolades, but Draymond gets a lot of props. And, and tonight, defensively, Draymond was all up on it. So I got I to give Dre his props, J.D. He's playing some terrific basketball the last couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely, and and defending Jokic and and Embiid over the last couple of weeks, the the imprint on the game basically is the as the point guard or the point forward in a lot of the sets that the Warriors are, are getting into, and just when when he gets it and they push the pace, and he's finding people, it's just it's it's beautiful basketball to the tune of forty assists 
uh, in this ball game tonight. And how about only you know, 14 turnovers, 40 assists and 14 turnovers. I mean, wow. I mean, well, almost a, a three to one assist to turnover ratio there. Yeah, and I felt like early in the game they actually committed. Like in the first quarter, it was a bunch of unforced errors and yeah. a bunch of bad turnovers. They didn't have too many live ball turnovers in the second half. And uh, Dre and was, Steph were a, were a big part of that, actually. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, and and I thought in the first half that was the reason. You know, I was texting with my buddy Harold during the game, and he's like, oh, this is a great game. Warriors moving the rock. And I'm like, and he's like, man, I feel like the Warriors should be up more. And I'm like, yeah, because they've had some bad turnovers. And, you know, every time you, you have a turnover, that's an empty possession. And, you know, against a team like Denver, who's such a good rebounding team and a good re offensive rebounding team, if you're not going to hit all your shots or play great defense, to, to have bad turnovers like that is going to cost you. And even when the Warriors were up, you know, in the third quarter, they pushed the lead up from the halftime lead. They were up by like nine and then 11. And I'm thinking, man, if the Warriors had protected the Rock earlier in this game, they would have blown this team out. They would have been up 20. Now they ended up pulling away anyway. But I felt like this game could have been put on ice earlier had they been a little better protecting the Rock early. Now, you give them credit because in the second half, when this game was decided, they were terrific with the basketball. So I'm not I'm not hating on the 40 assists, but uh, certainly that still was an area early in the game where they needed to clean it up. And then you give them credit because they did. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. That Steph Curry sound. Draymond Green coming up here momentarily. Let's get to Eric and Milbray who joins us here on Warriors wrap up. Hey Eric, what's up, fellas? Man, when was that an impressive uh, way to uh, reopen Chase? Uh, they really took it to Denver once again. Uh, just uh, a whole team effort there. Besides Curry's, you guys said uh, Dray. That was old school Draymond, just just wreaking havoc there. Just kind of like Mulder busting out. Ubre, if he could find it himself, hey, you can really thrive in this role as a, as a sixth man of the year on this team. Uh, if his agent, hey, if you get the, the money's right, come back. And then Jordan Poole, as you guys, when he's going, man, that guy can get uh, just – when you can play a team like Denver, who's one of the best teams in the league, and really just blow them out as you did and hold them under 40%, I really like the position they are the rest of the season. Uh, obviously, you gutted after – the way they lost to the Wizards, but for some reason, this team, when they play the top-tier competition at Rodar home, as lately, has been right there. I know they, they kicked away that, that Boston game, as one of you said, but uh, at home, I think it's a different story, and I think that the energy now from from the Dub fans going the rest of the season, I really like the position, and with a team like Portland falling off, what what's to say they can't get that sixth seed? At worst, I think they're going to be that seventh seed, which obviously you want to be in because you can lose two games and still get in that playoff position. So, guys, with the way this team plays, especially at home and, and finishing out strong here, I really like where they're going. And I think I, I'll favor them just about every game the rest of the season go forward. I'm going to give you the Thanks for the time. Great win tonight, fellas. Yep, great win. Thank, thanks a lot, Eric. Uh, Eric and Milbury checking in here. 888-957-9570. Look, run through the Western Conference uh, top to bottom. Warriors have beaten Utah inside Chase Center. They haven't played the Suns at Chase Center. That's coming up uh, in May. Uh, the Clippers, they've beaten at Chase Center. They beat the Nuggets twice in Chase Center. Uh, they didn't beat the Lakers in Chase Center, but they but they did get a win at Staples Center. But you look at some of the other teams that beat Portland in Chase Center, haven't played the Mavs yet, haven't played the Grizzlies yet. So among the, the top teams here, Utah, Clippers, Nuggets a couple of times, uh, Portland, uh, the Warriors have wins against against all of these teams, uh, basically, except for the Lakers, but that's the one team they were actually able to beat on the road. 
Yeah, no doubt. The one big boy in the West they beat on the road this year. Uh, look, I said coming into the year, J.D., make the Chase Center your house. And obviously they got 17 of those wins without fans. Now it only stands to ramp up. And, and beautiful timing, too, right, when you have all these home games at the end of the year. And sure, those the Utah game and the Phoenix game, because I think Utah and Phoenix, they're going to be duking it out for the top spot in the West. Like, I think that's going to come down to the last game or two of the season. Um, you know, right now two games separate them. I mean, maybe the Jazz pull away if the Suns start to slip. But, you know, both of these teams, they, they're they pretty damn good. I don't think there's any doubt. So with that in mind, both of those games that they play against those two teams, the Jazz and the Suns, will matter for the Jazz and the Suns at Chase. Warriors just have to be up for those games. But, hey, the Warriors are rolling at that point, And you got a, a Steph Curry still in a nice lather. I like their chances at, at home against those teams. Usually when they've lost at home, it's when they're not hitting their threes. And, you know, it's it's more a product of what they're doing as opposed to uh, – or more to the point what they're not doing as opposed to what the opposition is doing. Like the Warriors can, in a lot of ways, still dictate terms at home. And, th and that's an important thing to do, man, establish a home court advantage. So um, that bodes well for them down the stretch here. And it certainly bodes well for them if they can in a you know these one game do or die play in tournament scenarios or situations those games can be at the chase center jd whichever ones we're talking about if you can have one there or guarantee two there uh then then i think you're looking pretty good for an opportunity to go through and have a playoff series and then hey who knows what could happen Let's hear from Stephen Curry. He joined uh, Scott Van Pelt uh, on ESPN on SportsCenter after the ball game uh, tonight, and, and he discussed uh, having fans back uh, in the stands. I mean, all around the world, we know how many people have uh, been on the front lines through this pandemic, and, and sports is a huge part of, you know, people's experiences in all type of communities. And for us here, you know, Dub Nation has supported us like crazy, and it's been, it's been totally different, you know, looking at empty seats for, you know, the last 409 days. So, yeah, you know, even with the limited fans we had in here, it was, a, it was just night and day difference in the atmosphere and the buzz. And, you know, they, they, brought, they brought a lot of energy that we needed, you know, coming off a crazy road trip. We were looking forward to this night for a long time and you know a lot of people sacrificed a lot to uh to, you know to make tonight happen so just happy we came out to win obviously but i know we'll you know slowly get more fans in here safely but it, it meant a lot to uh to know how much time has gone but you know since we've had you know anybody else other than players uh in chase chase uh chase so I've got a nugget now that's going to blow your mind, and it's a nugget. I, I'm going to give Wes Goldberg credit because I, I noticed after the fact, I actually I shared it with, with our own Whitley Sandretto. Uh, we were kind of texting back and forth, and then I realized that uh, Wes Goldberg, after the fact, had actually tweeted this. Uh, tonight was the first Steph Curry win at Chase Center with fans watching. Think about that. Yeah, I love it. I mean, you know, I said we'd only seen him play there once um, since October 30th of 2019. I wasn't even an engaged man yet, let alone a married man, J.D. It was a long time coming. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think we saw what a brutal season it got off to last year. So that was the first time Warriors fans got to see Steph get a win in Chase Center. I, I think that's that's a beautiful thing. And um, Steph started that clip with Van Pelt by talking about what's going on all around the world. It made me think all around the world. Same song, of course, Digital Underground. And I haven't been on the air since. So R.I.P. to Shock G, of course, who passed away yesterday. A yeah. true 
hip-hop legend. Uh, I had a couple of our paths crossed a few times over the years. Dude, I just I rode Bart one day. Shock G was riding Bart from San Francisco to the East Bay, middle of the afternoon. He was sitting there playing an acoustic guitar on a Bart train, and I just like sat there and chopped it up with him for like a half hour. It was like one of the coolest experiences ever. So RIP to a legend, Shock G. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that tonight because it's certainly been something I've been thinking about. But, uh, yeah, man, great great for Steph uh, to, to finally – get to I mean look let's face it that's the house that Steph built I mean with all due respect to Clay and Draymond Steph built that thing man like that's because of Steph Curry that's because the dubs drafted Steph Curry that that building exists now so that first win long time coming baby but you know now that now that we broke the seal on that bad boy let's go well it's amazing you think about it and you're right we're not talking about a lot of games I mean he was injured in the second game that he played uh, at Chase Center so they lost to the Clippers in the night that that he broke his hand to the Suns so it was two games there he comes back on March the 5th and they lose to Toronto uh they lose to Toronto 121 to 113 so it, that's the third game and then he actually missed a game that they won against Philly uh, on that Saturday before everything got shut down. It was a nationally televised game. The Warriors beat Philly with, I think, eight guys playing, and it was you know the, the Kai Bowmans and the Michael Mulders and, and the JTAs, and, and those guys got a big win with Wiggins. Uh, but Steph wasn't a part of that, and if you recall, that was the night where it was Steph had the flu, and it was you know, really the first time that there was kind of a, a scare in sports among, you know, do, did – Steph test you know positive for the coronavirus. Did he have it? Was he able to get a test? I mean, that was the thing. I remember being at Chase and and in the media room, everybody was kind of thinking, "Uh oh, do, does he have the coronavirus?" Before we all knew, obviously, uh, how serious it it all was and and, and would become. Uh, but the Warriors actually won that night without him, uh, and then lost the final game uh, before everything shut down against the Clippers. And then tonight was the first game back in uh, four hundred and nine days. So yeah, the first time. Uh, that Steph Curry gets a win inside Chase Center with fans in the building. Pretty incredible uh, when you think about uh, the fact that we are now, what, 18 months, basically, almost to the day. 18 months last night would have been uh, when Chase Center uh, officially opened its doors uh, back in in 2019. Uh, Let's uh, hear from... Draymond Green, uh, as he joined the guys at NBC Sports Bay Area, Bonte and, and Darrell and, uh, and, and the guys there following the ball game. Uh, Draymond talking about the Warriors playing their, their best ball. I think we're starting to put it together, um, you know, and, and saying that, you know, I think we still gave away a game in Washington. You know, games like that, you have to win. You know, and we didn't, so it's great to come back out here and, you know, first first game with, with, with Dub Nation here, you know, come out and, and get a win. Now, that was an important win for us. We need to continue to build on it. As far as, you know, teams want to see us in the playoffs, I don't know. I wouldn't want to. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't want to play any team with Steph Curry on it, so. That's just me, though. Maybe maybe nobody else care, but I wouldn't want to. Well, that's good, right? Because we, you know, we've, we've been the big, big talking point has been, uh, you know, the motivation level for this team and in particular Draymond. So uh, maybe if, if, if you can keep fighting, then, then you can be that team that nobody wants to play. You know what always stands out to me? Steph and Draymond, they are always a united front, like in public. You know what I mean? Like n- never really, a you know, never a bad word about the other one to anybody. Like yeah. those two guys, they've got a special relationship, man. And, you know, clearly, look, we know Draymond's got a big personality. And, you know, certainly I'm sure him and Steph have had their disagreements over the years, you know, behind closed doors. But it's, you know, to the, the epitome of 
of camaraderie and, 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 you know, just team and chemistry and culture. That's putting on that game face, man. Never letting them see you sweat. And those guys, it's always a united front. There's a, obviously a major amount of respect for each other. Uh, and But, you know, when, when those cameras roll, man, there is no bigger supporter of Steph Curry than Draymond Green. And I think Draymond appreciates, too, you know, maybe through some of the transgressions over the years that Steph has never wavered, always stood by his side. So, it's an, obviously, it's been a very important relationship. It's been a, a championship relationship. And then you got Clay, who's always just like, come on, guys, let's go out and hoop, you know? Like, that's all Clay wants to do is go hoop. So It's a great uh, balance I, between the it three is. of them. I mean, it really For is the sure. perfect person. Pers forget about the basketball balance, which is great, but the personality balance is, I think, an under-discussed part of it, the fact that those three personality types fit so perfectly in a locker room where you have great players with egos and, the like, they set the tone collectively. No question. And, and you could just – and that's not contrived. That's not that's not BS. Like it, that's that's real. And it would, you know, I think it, it, if it wasn't real, like it, first of all, all the success wouldn't have happened. Uh, but it wouldn't still be together the way it is. Like these guys are all, you know, waiting for Clay to get back. Everybody feels terrible about it. You know, Steph's going to get inked up long term again. Draymond, Clay, and Steph—they're all going to be around for a couple of more years to come. Every, you know, see what everybody looks like healthy next year. I think these guys can't wait for the opportunity. And look, I believe Draymond. Like, if you're the Jazz or you're the Suns, you're like, well, I know, I don't know who we want to play, but I know who we're not trying to play in the first round. I know that for sure, and that would be any team with Steph Curry on it, as Draymond alluded to. All right, quick piece of business here before we call it a night. Want to give everybody an update on what was going on with Steph Curry's foot as well. I know we had some issues with the uh, post game Zoom session as far as uh, on the technical side. Uh, so not as much sound available tonight as normal, but we will pass along a Steph Curry update before we get out of here. We also need to get to our Exergen, who's hot and who's not, uh, brought to you by Exergen because accuracy matters. Covey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna let you go tonight because often I, okay. you know, we try and get this in. We usually do it in that second segment, and I, and I just, I, I'm like, oh, who's it gonna be? And I, I just take all the, all the options. So I'm not, I'm not gonna do that tonight, man. I'm gonna give you the floor for who's hot and who's not. You can pick anybody you want, brother. I appreciate that, man. You know what? For who's hot, I'm going to show some love tonight to Juan Toscano-Anderson. Dude, when you play 26 minutes and are a plus 29, I got to give some love to JT. I also chipped in eight boards, and I mentioned Warriors had the advantage tonight rebounding the basketball 52-36 to 36 against one of the top rebounding teams in the NBA. Had the offensive rebound advantage as well. Uh, so Juan Toscano-Anderson defensively terrific and uh, and then chipping in those nine points and, and also hit four out of seven from the field. Uh, you know, Draymond would be an obvious candidate, tying a career high with 19 dimes. And then, of course, Steph back in with 32. Um, as far as who's not, man, I, I, I can't. I mean, it, you know, it's, it, it feels sacrilege to say because everybody that played tonight, any meaningful amount of basketball in this game tonight, balled out they played their ass off so you know what right. who's not tonight I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh I'm gonna say Jokic as far as who's not tonight because he didn't hit his his season highs or his his season averages excuse me in any of his uh his major statistical categories only six assists only six rebounds 19 points seven of 16 from the floor didn't hit a three Jokic and by the way started out five of five so it was two of 11 the rest of the way so who's not the Joker baby let's go Steph's the MVP yeah, that, no, that's a that's a good call. That's where I was going to go. If you needed help there, I was I was ready to roll there for for Jokic. I was also maybe going to go with uh, Campazo and his one for eight tonight and a minus he twenty. He did up Steph he though. Would, 
he well he he did he did initially, and then the Warriors kind of figured it kind of figured it out how how to deal with it. But yeah, minus twenty though for Campazzo yeah. uh, in this ball game. Quick quick uh, quick update on on Steph. Um, he he said he had a tape issue as far as as far as something just didn't feel right uh, with that foot. Came back out, tried to get in the flow, uh, and then uh, he was kind of asked about the the foot issue. You know, p- pushed on that a little bit, and he said, "Hopefully, it'll be fine uh, by Sunday." Didn't feel quite right. Wanted to get the tape redone. Came back out, tried to get back in the flow of the game, but stuff happens uh, again. Hopefully, it'll be good by Sunday. He says, not as prominent as the ankle twist in Boston. So he was able to finish that game. Uh, obviously, and then come back and play in Philly two days later. So uh, you hope everything's going to be all right because again, the Warriors they they need to they need to get every game they possibly can. And Sacramento is a team that's coming into Chase Center ripe to get beat, and you don't want to give them any hope by having thirty not out there that maybe they could steal one against what's left of the Warriors. Yeah, and what you hope on Sunday is Steph Curry doesn't have to play in the fourth quarter. Like that's that's the goal for Sunday. So obviously you need Steph. You know you want to make sure Steph can play, um, but maybe you can give him that fourth quarter off Sunday if you can put the boots to the Kings along the way. That's got to be the goal. And yeah, Steph's gutting it out right now. Clearly he's playing through. He's playing through the you know the the, the tailbone injury, the ankle. Uh, you know, so he's he's got some issues right now. As anybody that's been playing as much basketball as he has would at this kind of time of year, especially a guy that takes the pound in the way he does. So. Hopefully Steph will be all right. And if he needed to take Sunday off, J.D., I think they could still find a way. But this also comes at a bad time with Bazemore being out and Damian Lee, that backcourt, getting a little short right now. So uh, really want to see 30 out there on Sunday when we hit that Warriors pregame live. Yeah, you definitely do. And De'Aaron Fox is going to be out for the Kings. I think that would make it winnable. If if Steph was if De'Aaron Fox is playing and Steph couldn't, that would be a major problem. Like we've seen how that game played out the last time that these two teams played. That that's a a nice little mulligan of a break for the Warriors if uh, you know Steph wound up not being able to go. I'm with you. I think it would be a, a 50-50 game at that point, uh, basically. But I think the Warriors could still win it. Uh, you get Steph out there, like you said, even if it's just for the first three quarters, you hope you can put that bad boy away uh, because the Kings are cooked. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco, and Odyssey Station. That's going to do it for us. Uh, good stuff tonight, Pada. We'll be back uh, 5.30, a late game on Sunday, a rare uh, late game on Sunday, 5.30 for Warriors Live, and then tip off at 7 for the Dubs and the Kings. Good stuff, my man. Yeah, yeah, I know you'll be on uh, with Nick Friedle tomorrow doing that yeoman's work on the weekend, J.D., so much love to you for that. And, man, I got a, I got a foursome uh, pegged out Sunday. I'm supposed to be golfing with Nick Winkler and Brian Peacock, among others. But now I hear it's going to rain. Like, it never rains in the Bay. And the one day that I'm like, man. I really don't want it to rain, it's actually going to rain on Sunday. So it might rain on my golfing parade, but that means I'll just be in the lab having more hot takes for the pregame show, J.D. So regardless, I'll be ready to roll for that late one on Sunday. Hopefully, it'll be after I play 18 holes of golf and maybe a few cocktails. Either way, though, good stuff tonight, Patna, and uh, we will talk to you then. Yeah, good stuff. So, uh, for Covey, I'm John Dickinson. We'll be back uh, 5.30 on Sunday. I'll be back tomorrow, 9 a.m. Quick turnaround with Nick Friedel as we'll have Warriors this week from 9 a.m. until noon. Thanks to Sterling. Uh, appreciate Bobby Spang, Ryan Mauser as well. Uh, as the Warriors get the win tonight, 118-97 to uh, in front of fans at Chase Center for the first time in 409 days. And you heard it right here on your home for Warriors basketball. It's 95-7 the game. Good night.